At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, everybody? This is Knife Talk Podcast. I'm here. I'm Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts. I'm here, as always, with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, as well as Craig Lockwood Studios. I just got my uh, all my CDs in the mail recently, bud. You did? Oh, great. Oh, I yeah. like the sound of all my CDs. Yeah, as well. I bought one <laughs> for all the families. Oh, um, wow. but Good Frisbees. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Knife Talk is a podcast about knives where we answer questions, we take your tough dilemmas, uh, we give dev- advice and help each other out. And it sounds like we're super fluffy, but we're actually assholes. No, are we assholes? I don't know. Sometimes. Most of the time. Half and yeah. half. Half, half and half. half. But we're here to have a good time and help, help to keep you entertained on your drive, in the shop, wherever you're listening. Uh, thank you all for listening. This is the holiday, what is it, the holiday special? We call it Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. So what? Christmas? Fucking no problem. (laughs) Is Hanukkah over? I don't know. I I think it's. I think it's starting soon. I'm I'm not very. I'm not very adept. Okay. Anyways, happy holidays to everybody. We're gonna get into some questions and stuff, but we're gonna start by recapping the past week. And I'm. I want to start by saying so sorry that my computer completely freaked out on me and I wasn't able to be here last week. Um. But what has the last week been like for you guys? You want to kick it off, Jeff? Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild one, a total wild one. Um, the, number one is I had the I mean the most exciting news of my life was my daughter got into her first choice college. Oh wow! And it was this we had this monumental. I did this little reel about it. It was like. A lot of her friends or, or, or people her, she knows are like videotaping the reactions of whether or not they get into college or not. And this is this one place that she's been dying to. She investigated. She understood it. She visited. She really wanted to go there. It was her first choice. She applied early. And she got in. And not only did she get in, it was it's a great school on, on the West Coast. But at the same time, 
they gave her a fucking whopping merit scholarship, which we were not expecting. And oh, that yeah. was really validating for her and validating for us as parents. And look, that was really good. And then in the meantime, I've been moving my mother out of her apartment, which has been a total wreck. My wife and I, <laughs> my wife and I, my wife and I had to go on, her, on my kid's birthday dinner to my mother's place to get rid of the mattresses because the city would pick them up. My wife and I both were wearing like black outfits with masks on. We were in this old folks home grabbing these mattresses. We looked like robbers robbing mattresses. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, people. yeah. So, but other than that, everything's good. I, everything's out the door. Uh, I have a couple last uh, items that need to be finished, but... You know, we're pretty much there. I've closed out January, uh, December, and November, and, and uh, now we're getting ready for a Christmas party in January for the Fader Knives team. I got a whole big plan. Tony and I got a big plan that we're going to work out, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So Nice. I've got to say, your reel had serious Wonder Years vibes to it, where you do your, your little voiceover and there's yeah. the music playing. Yeah, it reminded me of kevin and winnie back in the day i was going for some heartstrings you know i tell you what these motherfuckers who watch these reels i don't know what they like on jeff fader i have this one reel that's this goddamn plant that's growing out of my sign because i'm a flea bag and didn't seal the (laughs) sign right they're like sixty-eight thousand views and it's like i'm like who the fuck what the fuck could i what do i have to do for this joint so i decided to give a little bit of uh yeah i try to do a little tear jerking so Whatever, yeah, but it's good. It's good. It was very good. Yeah, and huge congratulations. That that's amazing, dude. And yeah, uh, yeah and it was a birthday too, wasn't it? So yeah, eight, on her eighteenth birthday too. So she has, she is like, she is like, fuck you to the school. <laughs> Not to the, to us, but to the school. It's like she's got major because she usually the kids don't get get accepted this early unless you do right. early admission. And yeah. she's got the fuckets. We call oh, it the wow. case of the fuckets, yeah. and it's so much fun too because she's just like. <laughs> relaxed and we talk about all the things she's going to do and she's like she's giving us grief for i'm not going to be here in the winter time anymore i'm going to be in you know the west coast and (laughs) this is a lot of fun you guys can fly down to the west coast well no we're gonna fly down but she's gonna be she's like i don't have to deal with this fucking snow anymore i'm like all right there you go congratulations So what does a merit scholarship mean? Because we don't have that kind of thing. So there's a sticker price for some of these schools, which is like, you know, you want to just like swallow and you're, you know, you're just, it's Mm. like, it's, you know, we're going to be in debt for the rest of our lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is like, I, we don't spend a lot of money on things. We never have. We've been saving for her college since before she was born. Mm. And it was like one of those things that we found pride in being able to try to make sure that we could help her out you know, get her into college. So a merit scholarship is when you apply to these schools, they look at your grades, they look at your, uh, the, your recommendations and everything like that. And then they just be like, they, they want you to be there. So they give you a, a uh, you know, they can give you these awards and give you a lot of money off and they give oh, wow. a lot of money off. And it was like, you know, it was, it was shocking, shocking how much of a, of a, of a, uh, merit scholarship she got so oh, amazing oh dude it was like it was like it was so validating for her because it's like she feels like she worked hard for it and she did and it's mm. like very that's mm. eh, rewarding as a parent you make you think like you did something right so oh yeah yeah so where did the know. brains come from then pardon me <laughs> where did the brains come from 
Listen, I told you last week, and I'll tell you this week, I know the meaning of life, and I'm convinced now, now that my kid got into college, got this merit scholarship, I am convinced I know what the meaning of life is. And I fucking, you know, who knows where she gets, she got it from her mother, most likely, but I did something. I wasn't, you know, sitting around doing, you know, picking my nose. I did yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. So, no, huge, that's amazing achievement. Congratulations. Oh, it's huge. Fantastic. Well, what are yeah, you going to do with the extra money now that you don't have to spend on our college? Well, it, it's still, it's still, <laughs> we're gonna, still going to be in debt for the rest of our fucking lives. <laughs> Marco, it's not like, I mean, it's a huge amount, but I mean, it's less of a huge amount than it was going to be already. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like, you know, we're, she's not getting a full ride, but I mean, it was a very nice giant chunk. Lovely. But not enough that like we got like, you know, room to spare. We're not buying boats and shit. Uh, was yeah. that, that was going to be, I was like, are you going to get a place in somewhere fancy or like out on Long Island or something? Stuff? No, no. We're going to like do our thing and then, uh, you know, get her out of here. Get her out of here and cry. We're going to cry. We're all going to cry. You said you know the meaning of life. I, I know the meaning of life. I know the meaning of life. I'm convinced I know what the meaning of life what is. What is that for you? It's, to, it's not for me. It's for everybody. It's okay. to leave this place better than you started with. And that means mm -hmm. that being able to get rid of the traumas of the generations to, to help make sure that if you have kids, you don't fuck them up with the bullshit that you had to go through. And you do give them confidence and you leave this world better than you had it when you got here. That's mm -hmm. the meaning of life. And I'm yep. convinced. Convinced that's it. I mean, that's it. So I, there you go. I agree. And it's fucking working. That's for sure. My, I mean, <laughs> Fader Knives is awesome. Everything's awesome. But if my kid, the best thing I ever did, best thing I ever did was have this kid, and she's fantastic. So, Great. Did she get know. a tattoo? That's, that's none of your business. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I thought we, I thought we talked about that on air. We had no, we didn't talk about that on air, but if you, now you brought it up, I got to say, sorry. yeah, I'm I got, sorry. I'm I sorry. a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. For her 18th birthday, she'd wanted a tattoo and my boy Dean down at, um, he designed, uh, he designed the, the Fader Knives logo and he's a big shot. Yeah. I helped him get a uh, internship at a tattoo parlor and now he's like a big shot tattooist. And uh, he does the tattoos for Steve Lacey, who's like a big new rock guy that Lila, Lila likes. And I, you know, I pulled some strings and I got her a tattoo. And, and we went in the city and I got her a tattoo and she was psyched. We had a nice day together. It was a nice birthday present. And uh, that's the last time I have a few drinks before I make a promise. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool. Father of the year. For that. Father yeah, of the exactly. fucking year, dudes. Oh, yeah. Let him never oh, forget. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Congrats. Nice. So what's going on? What about you, Craig? How's the um, week been for you? Shitty. Um, so, well, I, I can't complain. We're, we're just getting a lot of work done on the house. There's like we're having a big push before Christmas. We've got family coming over and so on. Um, so yeah, we, we've got builders here, and uh, it's just every room is just, something is being done in. So it's just a complete mess. So you know, it's a case of emptying out each room before the builders arrive each day but then trying to get it back to some sort of normality for when the kids come home from school um but we gave everybody a a definite hard stop date which was today because the kids have all broken up from school and we, you know they need normal it's christmas they need to you know be comfortable around the house and so on um and most are finished but some hasn't so there's going to be some going on over the next few days but it's just it's just such hard work getting loads of tradesmen here and they're like babies they're like right have you got everything you need for the job yes yes okay we don't need any more materials no no then you see them stop and you're like well you know everything okay oh we've run out of something and it's yeah. just like oh 
you know and it's just like so i've got to go and get that then have i and they're like well we can't do anything and it's like why didn't you say before you'd run out and it this this is daily this is daily like they're stupid and they're stupid you know and it's like oh god it's such a grift we've yeah, and we've had like the, the whole front of the house, the the like the driveway has been dug up, so it's just been mud for about two or three weeks now. And finally, the stone arrived today, so that's all gone down. So yeah, you know, but you know, but even just getting in in and out of the house with the baby and stuff has just been a nightmare. Um, but yeah, we're we're nearly we can see the end of it now, and um, we're going to be relaxed for Christmas. So we got family coming over. We're we're skiing on Boxing Day as well. So the, yeah, it's mm, it's going nice. to be a good one this year. I'm looking forward to it. We also got accepted for a, a, quite a big uh, festival here in France to play with a band oh, yeah, on just in, in August. And um, I've just been... <laughs> I, I sort of had an in there with somebody who sort of sort of helps to run it and that kind of thing. And um, they, they they announced today the full lineup. And um, they're all like proper hard, hard rock, like really hard <laughs> rock bands. And that's what the whole event is. And and we're playing. And we, we play like fucking... You're not uh, hard we rock? We play Britain... Uh, we we rock but we do sort of pop rock and yeah and at the end of the day we're a covers band you know we're we're the only covers band on the whole lineup but we do you sort of rock cover, rock versions of things um so i'm just looking at the thing so we <laughs> so like we're on before a band called muff diver oh my um, god <laughs> fucking <right>. muff diver <laughs> yeah we got muff diver and we've got um <laughs> phil campbell and his bastard sons but uh, weirdly phil campbell is the guitarist from motorhead but obviously they they're no longer oh, cool. a thing because lemmy died so so yeah so they're on the same bill as us so that's that's pretty cool um but yeah, it's going to be a hard, hard rock weekend, and we're showing up playing bloody Britney Spears songs. But um, <laughs> just out of curiosity, it'll be fun. You be know fun. what a muff diver is, right? Of course, I know what a muff okay. diver is. I just want to make sure because, like, I met him in some translation thing. I don't know, maybe the French <laughs> have no idea. You know? No, no, of course. Fucking of muff course. diver. But I mean, looking at the video of this. Of, of this event last year, the stage itself is bigger than most of the venues we've played. It's massive, you know. They got all the smoke machines, oh, wow. all the professional lighting and stuff. Um, so yeah, where I'm massively looking forward to it. It's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And it's you know, it's everybody's there for the whole weekend camping, and you know, we got the full sort of backstage treatment with the free beer all week and stuff. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. So yeah, that's great. I I think that I want to hear you. I want to hear you say how important it is that Uplift will be opening for Muff Diver. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody ready for muff diving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's going to be cool. So, so it's a three-day event, and we're on. We're doing the Saturday sort of late afternoon slot, the sort of five thirty, six o'clock slot on the Saturday before the like the big headliners come in after us. You know, so it's quite a tough spot to play. You know, especially you know, right. everybody's had a full day of hard rock on the Friday. Then, when, then we show up doing our sort of pop rock. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. So I'm going to have to learn to sort of use the stage a bit more a bit running a bit of running around and all that kind of stuff so it's gonna be brilliant yeah. i'm gonna i'm loving l- oh sorry <laughs> Fuck. i fucked up sorry sorry no, it, you. sorry no no it just it just cut out a bit sorry sorry oh i like i, was, I like pardon you, me, you guys are a four piece right and you said you're used we're to four. A, uh yeah well, there's four four us, yeah. so yes. you're gonna have to yeah because i feel like uh, most bands are like what at least four if not five or six but they usually like spread everybody out exactly how's yeah. that gonna look yeah like? yeah i don't know i don't know so we're gonna we're gonna rehearse we're, we've got we'll our set 
we've already worked out our set. It's an hour hour long set, so we've already worked out what the set's going to be. So we've got months and months. So we will just rehearse and rehearse that set over and over and over again. And even the bits sort of in between songs and you know getting the crowd involved, all that, all that needs to be rehearsed, really. You know, and none of it's sort of off the cuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be lots of fun, and there's going to be like tens of thousands of people there. You know, it's big, and it's like oh fuck. You guys are you guys are making so many jokes that we can't like I, I, I can't get fast enough. You first you're talking about <laughs> slots and muff, muff diving, then you're saying spread <laughs> out the spread, and then all of a sudden the bits in between. And I'm trying to like figure out a way to say something, but I got nothing. It's fucking yeah, awesome. Let, let's get let's get onto tangs and tight nets then instead. I know. Okay. Morocco, your week. What's been going on? Uh, I'm finally healthy again. I'm not sick anymore. Um. Weight loss update. It's been six weeks. Oh, down, yes, yes. I'm down 25 pounds. Jesus. Fuck. Yeah, boy. Wow. It's great. Wow. Amazing. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, it feels good. It's crazy. Like, I'm starting to put clothes back on that I haven't worn in a while. <laughs> it feels good. Um, what else? Oh, the calendar. We finally got the calendar up on the website and rocking and rolling. And, and we got a deal going, actually, right now through the Patreon, where if you sign up for the Patreon at the $15 level, which is the illuminated individual level or higher, uh, you get uh, a calendar with your membership oh, wow. for that month. Cool. So if anybody's interested and you've been thinking about doing the Patreon, maybe not. We got tons of great Q&As on there, um, as well as letting people be part of the conversation. Like, I'm going to be recording... Um, with Oliver uh, Goldschmidt uh, from Italy, uh, what is it, next week. Um, and so it starts out as a private Q&A where the Patreon members get to be part of the conversation, ask direct questions directly from those uh, the, the, the guests, just like, they, like Knife Talk people ask of us, but you get to ask these specific mm. people. So anyways, uh, if anybody's been interested and maybe on the fence about joining it, this is hopefully a good incentive to basically save yourself $10 um, cause the calendar is outside of the Patreon will be 25. Um, but you join the Patreon at 15, you get a calendar and you get all the other stuff along with it. Uh, so hopefully some people will jump in and, and check that out. Um, we're really excited about it and we're really happy to finally have it to the printer available to order. That that's been a big push for the last month, um, which has awesome. been kind of stressful. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, we finally got everything put together and coordinated uh what else is going on uh oh man i just did sharpening again recently uh i've been doing it once a month so that's been fun and a nice little extra like i think it's like an extra like six or seven hundred dollars here and there so what else is going on just getting ready for the holidays really more than anything um and oh i actually i want to say thank you jeff for giving me a holler uh i posted a thing the other day and i i i hope i didn't stress you out uh, but I really appreciate you reaching out. I've had a few other people reach out, um, and I'm doing good uh, regarding like my mental health. I've been struggling with stress and ADHD and trying to figure that out, as well as like depression and anxiety and stuff. And so uh, I just appreciate everybody's uh, support who has reached out and said what's up. And of course, because it really helps. It helps because I didn't, honestly like in my head I have a tendency to lose track of things on and and i i get to a point where i'm like what am i doing <laughs> what is the point of any of this and it's yeah. and it's just i think a lot of it is just overwhelmed from stress and, and anxiety again and you know sometimes just feeling like well and it might also be some sort of like seasonal depression syndrome kind of shit or 
um, just feeling like I'm, I'm just out of gas. Mm. You know, stuff so, just mounting up. Tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and things yeah. just continuing to yeah to mount and build up. And so I, this last year has been a lot about trying to figure that out and try to unload some of that shit. But there's still a lot on there, and I'm still trying to do work to figure that out. Uh, but again, I just want to say thank you, Jeff, and thank well, you everybody who's fine. reached out. It means a lot. I mean, you know, you working on it's the most important thing. You know, it's just not leaving it alone, not letting it just fester. But I mean, it was my pleasure. I'm not my pleasure, but I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, you, I, you know, I'm always concerned about you, my friend. We, I like to check in every so often, and you know, not just here, but you know, uh, 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 however, just to bring it up, just to make it a little bit on the funny side. <laughs> I mean, some of your goddamn fans. You got fans. They're all these motherfuckers. Your fans probably listen to this podcast. They're slipping in my DMs. They read what you wrote, and then all of a sudden they're prompting me to do something. They're prompting me to do the right thing because they don't think that I really? know what the right thing is. So I'm getting these DMs from some of your knucklehead Patreons <laughs> saying, oh, "I think something's going on with Mareka. You better reach out to him." I'm like, "I already did, fuckface. I know all about it." So all you guys, relax. Don't prompt. And that was the th- annoying part. It was that they thought I needed to be prompted to do the right thing. It's like yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a terrible human being. <laughs> they didn't reach out to you, Craig, did they? They didn't. Well, no, I t- of course I t- not. I don't know, but... Yeah, you wouldn't know. You don't read I your fucking know. DMs. All of a sudden, it's it's like Jeff yeah. Fader. He's better than you think. You know, you need seriously. Without written on it, I'm not. I'm not I'm total garbage. I'm not total garbage. God. I mean, you're. I feel like you're always the one that's leading the charge when something fucked up is going on. I don't want to lead the charge. No, but you, and that's gentlemen. just your personality, though. That's just fine. How you are. But it's. I think. I do think. I'm with you. I think it's hilarious that people feel like they need to reach out to you to encourage you to make. Yeah, because do, they think I'm a the right piece thing. of shit. That's why, and it's fine. <laughs> I'm not a total piece of shit. It's fine. But I'm glad you're fine, and it's great. It's great that you're working on yourself. And look. You got to go forward. It's all, period. Exactly. I don't have anything to say. Except for I'm exactly. angry at your fans. <laughs> fuck well, it. And it, I fuck mean, it. You know it's people that listen to this podcast because there's I no know. other reason why they would reach out to and you. Please, and please, please <laughs> don't say, I think that was me. I'm going to apologize. Just leave it alone. Just leave it here. <laughs> yeah. Leave Post it off. here. Yeah. Leave it yeah. here. Leave it here. Okay. Leave it here. Next time. Listen, here's the other thing is I, I get angry online. And I've decided I'm not going to fight people because it's too much energy. Um, so I made the decision that I'm from now on, instead of getting mad at someone, I'm just going to, because it's not worth my time or energy, I'm just going to bring it here because I get paid <laughs> for, you know, the, the, we're in a taxi cab and the meter's running. So like if I have stuff to add, then it pays. So if I have a problem, I'm just going to come straight to here. So don't, just that's it. I got a problem. Okay. I got a problem. So my beef next week. So by the way, next week we're it's Christmas. We're taking the week off. The following week um, will be the old beef review, oh which we do God. every year. And I think I think my beef could be Jeff. <laughs> Already. Oh, Already. What are you he's talking he's about? Going to bring in his problems to us and stuff. Jeff, come on, come on. We we don't need that. Shit. Next week's all beef review <laughs> might be the best fucking one by a mile. <laughs> by a mile. And I want to thank, (laughs) I want to thank a certain individual who I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Don't pretend (laughs) like you're not. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for making the all beef review 
the best it's ever going to be. Okay. Set your alarms, folks, for 9 a.m. Yeah. on the 2nd of January when the show goes yeah. live. We've got the best beef you've ever heard. Best fucking ever guy. Heard. You give it, you, I swear to God, I can kiss you on the face. Like this fucking guy. <laughs> okay, let's get on with the show. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code Knife Talk 15. Do it now. Do it now. Okay, first question we've had from Mammoth Creek Knives, and he contacted us via Instagram like everybody does. We are Knife Talk Podcast. If you DM us your questions, we'll add them to the list and we'll get to them. Um, so Mammoth Creek Knives has said, here's a question for, uh, for bedded tangs. How in the fuck do you clean the shit out of your handle or off the... T- <laughs> Jesus, did he speak like this? Here's the question for Betty Tangs. How in the fuck do you clean the shit out of the handle or off the tang? It sounds messy, but how do you clean off the stuff to make a good bond for final assembly? That's a good question. Yeah, so he's talking about a Betty (laughs) Tang where... Yeah, you you may have like waxed it or something so you can get in and out and all that kind of stuff. Do a quick rundown of what a Betty Tang is. Mareko. Okay, so a bedded tang is essentially you're building a hidden tang knife, whether it's integral, non-integral, it doesn't really matter. You drill your uh, tang slot like you normally would, um, but then you you wrap you either wrap the tang in like uh, what is that 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 vinyl uh, plumber's tape that helps get in like a nice seal when you're putting Teflon together. tape. Teflon tape. There you go. Um, and then, or you can do wax, uh, or the, there are a lot of different approaches to do it. But basically, the idea is that it's, it's, it's a temporary glue up. So you put you put your epoxy and everything in there like normal, except for the tang is wrapped or somehow coated. Um, you let it set up. You do it, let it do its normal thing, and then, ideally, you gently warm up the the blade, especially near that transition from the blade into the tang, um, and you can pull it back apart. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of heat, so be careful not to torch your handle material. Um, but anyways, you pull it back apart, and that way you can work the pieces, the blade, and the handle independently. For whatever style knife you're making, that might be a reason that's uh, uh, to to do this bedded tang approach. So the person's asking, you know, you've used Teflon tape or you've you've used wax. How do you clean up the inside of that slot though, so that you still have feel very confident in your um, in your final glue up? Because especially if you're using wax, wax actually prevents epoxy from setting up. And mm. so something I've done in the past. First off, it's a very very tight fit especially if you do the wax and if you try to, you know, do your final glue up um, and, and you, you know, you start shoving the knife into the handle, you will build up hydraulic pressure from that epoxy because the fit is so tight and you will not be able to get the tang in there without some, I've actually, I've blown, uh, blown up handle material, especially like really burly stuff. I've, I've had the epoxy, uh, the pressure from shoving it on there break the handle material apart. I think actually Will Mm. Stelter had one recently that did that to him. Um, And so something I've started doing is I'll take and I'll modify a, uh, like a Sawzall blade. Uh, It doesn't have to be a big one. Um, Maybe like a four inches or something like that. But you, you trim down the profile. So it's narrow, maybe an eighth of an inch at the, at the narrowest or around a quarter inch, but basically so you can get in there and cut a couple channels. I like to do the sides. Um, 
and that way that hydraulic pressure doesn't build up so that has it has somewhere for that epoxy to flow out as you're jamming it back in there for the final glue up a mechanical fixture or a mechanical fastener of some sort whether it's a, a pin through the handle or I, something i've done in the past is um, like a pommel rivet uh, where it's bolted on with basically with a corby bolt with the uh, the female side of the corby bolt from the from the back of the handle and the pommel of the handle uh, that's a technique I picked up from our friend Jeremy Spake, um, which was a really great way to approach it because it also helps really kind of um, push the handle onto the onto the you know your your final glue up joint, especially between integrals, really nicely and nice and tight. Um, but you can kind of get in there and gently scrape. But what's really important is that you're not messing with that fit up too much. You still need some parts of that that bedded tang slot to key in to the tang um, so it keeps it properly oriented and properly fitted but like I said you can get in there and you can you know uh, kind of hand saw out little channels for the glue to flow I've actually gone in there and scraped around the tang slot with that same uh, modified sawzall blade because I'm, I'm trying to create kind of texture in the walls of that tang slot so that mm. when I do the final glue up, the glue has somewhere to bite into. I also, um, especially if I'm not doing the rivet or some sort of mechanical fa uh, fastener uh, or pin through the, through the handle, I will also make sure to um, cut little like kind of teeth into the tang not not nothing massive nothing that's gonna you know compromise the structural integrity of the tang but just little little texture little teeth uh, sometimes even like a, a 36 grit finish on the tang is actually it's rough enough uh to really hold on to the knife uh or to the for the epoxy to hold on to the tang um yeah but yeah kind of roughing things back up again uh so that glue has somewhere to kind of hold on to kind of like finger holds basically when you do your final glue up um it's especially if you do the wax approach it's really challenging to get it all back off it, it's it's just it's it, it's impossible without uh, again compromising um that fit up that you've basically tried to establish but by roughing things up texturing things it'll still fit up properly but you also have new surface areas for that glue to bite onto and hold onto for your final glue up and again i actually i've i've stopped doing um the bedded tangs because i was doing them for a while but for the way i sculpt my handles i i sculpt my handle with the blade on anyways and so i realized like there's no reason for me to to glue it on and then take it off and try to do like whatever the hell i was trying to do some people feel more comfortable etching the blade off of the handle that's perfectly fine mm. for you. Uh, I do if I if I don't have a spacer of some sort, then yeah, I'll probably do a bedded tang. But at the same time, if I'm going to bed the tang to feel comfortable about the solidity of that um, and the security, I guess more so uh, of that handle glue up, I want a mechanical fastener of some sort, whether it's a rivet through the handle or a pommel rivet from the bottom, something that helps give me a, just a bit more confidence that everything's going to hold together. Um, in in that final glue up situation does that make sense yeah done yeah. complete that's the show Quite thank you all for listening Muff and if Diver, you join the Patreon, next these are the kind of answers you get <laughs> exactly so, in detail question if you're yep. using teflon tape you don't have to heat up the tang though right um you don't that's true um yeah because it's because the purpose of heating up 
uh, especially if it's an integral. I've done this with my integrals. I'll actually use like a, a propane torch and not one of like the, the, the high, whatever, like super hot ones, just like a gentle flame. Um, but I'll heat up right in front of the bolster, but that heat transfers down into the tang and it softens the wax. If you've done a good job with your tang or preparing your tang for the, for the bedded tang situation, then it should slide right out. Um, but when you're doing the Teflon tape, you don't have to do that. It is a little bit more challenging to get it back off, but you can get it off. You One thing you really got to want to make sure you do, though, is make sure you have a good, consistent taper from from the shoulders of your knife down to the bottom mm. of the tang. Because if there's anywhere where it flares back out, like that's going to be a choke point. That's going to be a weird spot where the epoxy is kind of like going to want to hold on and make it harder yeah. to pull that tang out. So if you have a consistent taper down, um, then you should be able to get it out. It Again, it's going to take a little bit of work. Um, and if you have burl material, it, it could be a little kind of sketchy. Um, the, the, the Teflon tape is a bit thicker than the coat of um, wax that you might put onto the tang. And something I've done in the past is I'll, before, as I'm getting ready for my final glue up, I'll still, I'll, I'll still cut those channels on the sides to give that epoxy somewhere to go for the final glue up. But I will, I, uh, what is it? I'll, if there, there sometimes can be a little bit of play, just the slightest little bit because of that Teflon, that Teflon is like maybe five thousandths overall, but even that five thousandths, all the way around the tang and down the full length of the tang will create some play, but you can shim it out basically in your final glue up with just a little bit of tape Honestly, and not the Teflon tape, but like just, mm. just like packaging tape or, or like scotch tape or whatever you have around, but that will help shim it out. You'll still get a solid glue up. Um, and again, if you're doing the bedded tang situation, um, you'll probably still want to use some sort of mechanical faster and, and accompany with all of that. Perfect. Can't get much better than that. Time, nope. time to go. All right, see you guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fucking the after show now. I mean, you've done it all. That's enough knife talk, isn't it? You do the next one, Jeff. <clears throat> okay. My... Uh, this one comes from Mike. Uh, my Kegel knives. My key. No, my Keege. <laughs> not my Kegel knives. You're going to get us in trouble, dude. My Keege, my Keege knives. Hey guys, I got a question for you. When I'm grinding my chef knives, I like to get them pretty thin. However, I notice when they get super thin out towards the point, they begin to bow. This bowing corrects itself once I grind the other side and end up with a perfect. It ends up perfectly straight. It doesn't seem to impact the final product at all. I'm wondering why this is happening. Any thoughts much, would be much appreciated. So. Mm. So you heat some, you grind some. I hear, I hear this. I've seen it. I know it. You grind yeah. a knife, and then all of a sudden it starts to turn into a little bit of a banana. And then you hit the other side, and it straightens right back out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I tend to do because my chef knives are pretty thin too. Um, when I do the sort of the initial, so all my grinds then after heat treat anyway. But I'm, when I'm doing that initial grind, that sort of rough grind. Um, I'm doing one side complete, turning over and doing the other side complete, and we're trying mm. to, you know, meet in the middle. Um, but as I get closer to sort of the finished edging, um, you know, the, the the finished thinness, if you like, um, I'm then back and forth all the time, left, you know, left side, right side, left side, right, right. side, um, and flipping it over just to make sure I get it perfectly straight so that you know, I can make some adjustments as I'm working. Um, so I've never gone down to my final sort of edges on one side and then turned and done the other side. Um, I can imagine if you do, there may be, I mean, 
if it, if it's a heat problem, you've got bigger problems because your heat rate is going to be shot. Um, but I think maybe it's maybe just maybe too much pressure on there if you if you're just doing the one side at once. Um, and you know, over time, that that, that pressure will will make up. I don't make a bend. I don't know. I've I've never had it. Um, but yeah, I, I I would seriously recommend that if you are going super thin, that you want to keep changing sides anyway, um, just because you can make those slight slight adjustments if need be. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely had this happen as well, and it happen it, it happens very easily on the work that I do because uh, through the forging process. Um, uh, and lately, especially, I, I typically heat treat my blades as forged because um, I'm forging, I'm pushing them, uh, the, the forging close enough to finish dimension that I can, mm. uh, there's not a lot of meat to take off. So I just leave it on there uh, as it is when I go to do the heat, final heat treat. Uh, yeah, but after the hardening and, and tempering, I'm, I start grinding. And it took me a long time to figure this out um, and what the... Pro- uh, I know what the problem is. I don't know why it does it. And this might be a great question when we have Laren on next time for him to help kind of illuminate us and, about what is actually happening. But it's the decarb, especially if you're heat treating outside of a, either outside or sorry, in a conventional heat treat oven, just or or even out of the forge when you when you have oxygen around the steel. So that means you're not using salts, you're not wrapping it in foil, because those things kind of encapsulate the blade and help reduce the the carb the uh, decarburization that occurs on the outside of the steel, especially in carbon steel knives. I mean, honestly, even stainless knives, too. Um, that's it, it just happens forge scale builds up, blah, blah, blah. It's, but it's super weird because um, as you grind it away and as he describes here and, and Craig described, you know, if if you focus too much time on one side, then all of a sudden, like Jeff said, it looks like a fucking banana. And before I understood what was going on, I was like, oh, my God, the blade was straight. Now it's all fucked up. I got to straighten it. So what I would do is I would focus and just grind one side and it would look great. And then but it would have that massive bow and I was like, oh, my God, I got to fix this. And so I'd fix it and straighten it back out. And then I start grinding the blade again, grinding the other side now. And then it would bow the other way. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, so I would have to chase it back and forth like a few times. And it was extremely frustrating. I didn't understand what was going on. But I finally realized that it's the, 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 the decarburized material on the outside. It's basically like to, it's like a mill scale or forge scale on the outside of your blade when you heat treat it in an open oxygen environment it creates some weird tension in the material and when you're removing it from the blade it uh, uh, say i'm removing it from the left side of the blade the right side of the blade still has all that decarb and it's pulling tight it's like pulling on that side it'll curve mm. off to that right side so like craig was saying i found I, I once i had that realization i was like oh i need to work a little better at at grinding more evenly like straight off the bat and and once i get through that decarb that's when i can focus a bit more on one side or the other the decarb layer typically isn't much more than maybe 10 to 20 uh thousandths of an inch thick it's it's pretty thin but it's there and it's something that you'll have to deal with um if you're heat treating in that manner and but just by flipping it back and forth, you know, just like one pass one side, one pass the other. It helps evenly kind of work it off. 
um, because when it does start to bow off, then the grind, like the way the platen engages with the surface of the blade while you're grinding, if it's super bowed or warped off, is not the same as it normally would as if it was flat. Um, so get through that decarb, and then you can kind of get after it a little bit more. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a non knife making issue. We deal with knife problems because we're knife makers. It's all knife, knife, knife. This is a this is a metal working issue. And this, this shit happens in metal shops. Okay. And, it, and it's because when you're heating something up, the steel when you're heating steel up, it expands and then it contracts. When you're welding, when you weld something up, if you don't have if you as the weld goes on, as it cools down, it 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 shrinks and it contracts, and then you have your 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 railings out of square. I used to do stroke sanding uh, steel uh, for satin finish on these things. We would hit it and it would bow. It was because it was you're applying heat on one side and then it would expand and then it would cool down and it would stay in that situation. A lot of this stuff is metalworking issues, and it's because you're heating one side up and the other side's cold. It's the same reason why when you quench, if you don't, you want to put your you put your knife in the oil straight down, not on one side. If you put it on one side flat, it's going to curl up like a potato chip. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things are also metalworking issues. So, like, I, it happens all the time. Some people say it only happens with stainless steel. Some people only says oh, carpet. I hear some of these knife makers, and they say, not you guys, but I hear some guys say these things, and it's just like, you guys have never worked in a metal shop before. This shit happens, and then you apply heat to the other side, and it comes right back. That's what my old boss used to say. We were doing these railings, and we were putting a satin finish on it with these machines. And I'd be like, why don't we get this bow out? He goes, well, hit the other side, dumbass. And I'd hit the other side, and it would come right back to straight. This is, this is, these are metal shop issues. And mm. it's, you know, you get a you fucking, you fucking pickle jar is too tight. You stick it underwater. You stick it in hot water, and the, the pickle jar opens up. You know, this is mm. expansion and contraction of the steel. Some of it but goes I'd say a little farther they, than the others. But I'd say if they are, you know, getting down to super thin grinds and that's happening, um, I'd say that they're probably going too hard and too fast because if if, if that heat is generating, it's not going to do, you know, good stuff for your, for your, for your heat treat but because I'm assuming this is all after heat treat if he's going super It can thin. happen without the color changing. It can happen mm, just yeah, a little bit be, of heat. Yeah, yeah. If it's very thin and you have fresh belts, you can heat something up and it won't, it'll do it. But it's because you're putting, ex- you're putting heat on one side and the other side's cold. And it's going to mm. contract in. I mean, that's just, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know. And I suppose this could be an issue down to going back in time to the, the original heat treat as well. Maybe that wasn't perfect. But um, you know what? If you do want a perfect heat treat. <laughs> Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat because that will take you to Soul Ceramics and they're a distributor of Even Heat. Um, they've got some already made up. They're ready to ship. You'll get $75 off the list price and free shipping in the US. So I'll put that link down in the description, knifetalk.net forward slash heat to get your Even Heat. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, what? All sorts of perspective, guys. All sorts of perspective. Yeah. Well, it sounds as if we know what we're talking about. It's well, good. it's nice that the three of us have different backgrounds, so we can, you know, pipe yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, Simple Works. You want to take that one, right? Yeah. Simple Works says, hi, it's me again. Sunshine emoji. Oh, uh, I thought it was Simple Little Life. Oh, no, that's not him again. Simple Works. Sorry. Okay. Not really a question. Uh, more like a, uh, a stroll, d- stroll down memory lane. But first knife? Uh, all you can 
uh, all you can share, was it difficult? Did you start with something way out of your skill level? Um, like I believe most of us do. Did, do you, uh, sorry, do you still keep slash use it? Thank you for making uh, hand sanding a more pleasant thing to do. Love you. All right. So the question is, uh, you know, trying to remember your first knife uh, and challenges with it. Did you overstep or like, did you overreach or overextend yourself? Do you still have that Mm. knife? Do you still use that knife? I do. And I still use it every day. And I got, I think I just got very, very lucky. Um, before I made any knife, I did like so much research for months and months, and I, you know, I go down these huge rabbit holes, and that's what I did. Um, so my first knife um, I made on a uh, like one of those little one one by thirties, um, and it's a little like paring knife, um, but it's a weird shape. It's almost it goes it. There's no bend at all on the cutting edge. There's no curve. It's completely straight, um, and it goes to this finest finest point mm. so it's only practical for you know certain things um you know slicing tomatoes things like that it's brilliant for it's super 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 thin um and it's got a, like a really long handle on it and um i think if i if i were to sort of redesign that now it would be it would be a little bit different but there's, there's certain things that i thought I, I sort of hit the ground running with it and um yeah, it's especially important to have that long handle with that style of knife. And um, I, yeah, I still use it every day. It, it looks ugly, um, but it's every time I use it, I'm like, wow, this is super, super thin. And for a first knife, I, uh, yeah, I was, I'm still quite impressed with it, um, should we say. And it's, it's scalpel sharp still. Um, wow. And I just, you know, I've never really resharpened it. I, you know, I'll, I'll stick it on the, hone, on the ceramic honer occasionally. Um, but it, yeah, it's I, honestly, I use, I still use it every day. And that's got to be, Eight and yeah, probably eight years old. Now. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, and I, I think I, I did a video on YouTube at the time of, of making that because I, I made like mosaic pins for it as well. You know, and I, I probably went out for this first knife. It was going <laughs> to be the best I could make it, and um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I still use it. So yeah, Marekka, what's your first knife? The first knife I ever made was uh, a kind of like EDC style knife. Um, it was while I was still working for Bob Kramer. Um, but it, the first knife I made was after I'd already been working in knife making for a long time, but I'd never made the complete thing. So, um, and it was like, yeah, like two and a half years into working for Bob that I made this for my brother as a gift for graduating basic training. And, um, and so it was made from mosaic Damascus that I had made because I'd Jesus. done lots of the different processes, right? I'd done the handle sculpting. I'd made Damascus. I did blade grinding. Uh, the, the, honestly, the only thing I hadn't really done was the heat treat stuff. Um, Bob just kind of walked me through it. And it was a simple knife. It wasn't a big knife or anything. So it was pretty straightforward to heat treat it. Um, and yeah. And so it, it turned out really beautiful. There was a, a great piece. Uh, what is it? I got some Koa handle scales on it. Um, and yeah, it's a cool knife. I, I actually want to get it from him to like tune it up, but also get better pictures of it uh, because it is my first knife um, um, that I made myself. And yeah, so uh, it was, uh, but I, I, don't, I don't think he really uses it for any or ever actually ended up putting it to use. I don't even know if he brought it with him overseas because he he went on to become an airborne ranger, um, which wow. uh, get into some really heavy shit. And so, I think he ended up not bringing it with him when he would go out. 
uh, on uh, to serve. And so, but yeah, it's still around. It's a good looking knife. Pre- pretty good for a first knife. But again, I had already been kind of doing the various aspects of knife making for about two and a half years at that point. I just hadn't actually made a knife yet. Is he still serving? Mm-hmm. No, he, he, he got a, a medical discharge several years back. Uh, and he, he went on to go to school and, and became valedictorian for his class. And, and he's in computer science and technology and web design and all that kind of shit. Computer and can, shit. Can he's sh- great at it. He can probably <laughs> choke you with the, your keyboard. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. He, he is a walking muscle that could fucking kill you with his pinky nail. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a family. Jeez Louise. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> what about you, Jeffy? Jeff. First knife. Well, I was, it's funny because I, when I was at the Center for Mental Arts, we were like so against knife making. We thought the like making knives were, we were making railings and shit. We were just like, knife makers are losers. And we were like, we would, we really, seriously, for a long period of time, it was just like, get the fuck out. When a guy comes, can I come in here and make a knife? No, fuck you. You can't make, make knives. Make me a railing. Don't make me a knife. We really were, it was so, I was so like, I did like seven years of blacksmith before I ever made a knife. And I was helping my friend, uh, John Ledford, who had a shop around here. Uh, he had Matt Paul, MP knives, did a class and he had, I came to help, you know, just kind of assist Matt, whatever he needed and tanks and forges and stuff like that. And I'm standing around, I'm just like, let me fucking make one of these bullshit knives. So I, I forged out a knife and then I was just like, I'm not putting handle scales on it. And so I twisted it. So I made a long pointy knife and then I made a handle was a complete twist. So it was like a rectangular mm-hmm. twist. And then I was just like, this isn't enough for me. So I forged on like a rat tail on the end of it. And it looks like something like, <laughs> you know, some pirate would have it. I have it here. It's pretty funny. And I was so arrogant when I made it. And I was just like, <laughs> This is stupid. These are these people are stupid. Knives this are whole thing's stupid. stupid. And I'm just like, and then all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, I could make a better one than this. And then the next thing you know, that was it. But it's it's funny because it really as I mean, it's like, I it was nothing was enough. It was just like I'm gonna put a twisted handle and yeah, you know, look mm. for, for for a first knife is not too bad. So nice. nice. And he says, thank you for making hand sanding a more pleasant thing to do. Well, you know what. To make hand sanding more pleasant. There's only one way to do it. Um, it's not naked. It's with Indas, Indasa Rhinoet. It's what we all use. It's the best sandpaper. If you're doing any sort of hand sanding, it's going to save you time. And we all know, saving you time is saving you money. And we can do that But if you go to TexasFarriersupply.com because they sell Indasa Rhinoet. Um, you'll get 10% off if you use Knife Talk 10 at checkout. Um, but whilst you're there, have a good look at everything else they do, because they do everything you could possibly need for the knife maker or farrier or blacksmith. Um, they've got everything there, and you'll get 10% off your whole order using Knife Talk 10. So go take a look, TexasFarrierSupply.com. Nice. We- yeah, I was just talking to Evan recently, and he said – I, I double-checked with him, and he's like, the, the 10%, they will honor it on everything they sell. So wow. that's okay. pretty wow. fucking slick deal. Uh, I got a little listener feedback if you want to dip into that for a second and then we can hop back to yeah, questions let's do if it, you yeah. want. Um, yeah. Yeah. we got some good ones. Uh, if you want to send us listener feedback or tough dilemmas or questions or beefs, not, not last chance for glory, beefs now or shut up forever. We're not doing beefs after this episode. So next week is the all beef review. 
we'll do some beefs uh, maybe later. But here is a listener feedback from Paul Jansen. That we were last year we were talking about somebody was talking about you know cleaning deer, and Craig says said something about cleaning deer, and I I made it sound like I thought the only cleaning deer. Craig would do would be giving it a bath and Paul Jansen said here I am listening to feedback getting re- uh, getting read and now I have this image of Craig giving a deer a bath KTP always good for a laugh um, <laughs> you'd be taking yeah. the bath with it first yeah he good, would be of good yes. bubbles yeah, yeah. we'd have put a Kenny G on we'd be loving it yeah that's right can you imagine a big ass bathtub with Craig and a big old deer in there lounging around this one comes from Mayhem Blade Co. Two years now I've been listening to you fellas. Just looked up what you actually look like. My mental picture was so off. <laughs> My mental image. Get ready, guys. Get ready for this bullshit. Oh, jeez. My mental okay. image. Jeff, shorter olive-skinned, bald, and a well-developed <laughs> dad bod. Can you imagine? Okay. Get ready. Mareko. Taller, young, K- Kevin Bacon-ish white dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> Footloose, wow. And Craig, short, gray, brown hair, round face with round glasses, which is exactly Pretty what much he's fucking there. right there. The guy <laughs> that he there. goes, the guy that usually plays the technician in an action movie. Please don't block me. I love you guys. <laughs> So he got the Craig guy, on the, the money. Guy in Jurassic Park, who forgets to lock the gate. That guy. He yeah. got Craig on the money. You got Craig on the money. But Mareko and me. But I mean, I mean, I don't know what tall. Tall, you look. Say you look like a white dude. And then me, olive skinned. What does he think? I'm some fucking Sephardic maniac. Bald, bald, young, uh, old, bald dad bod. That's hilarious. Yeah. Craig, before yeah. you went silver fox on everybody, what was, what color was your hair? What color were you what, like a, what color were you yeah, dying? Like a very your dark, hair? sort of dark. Oh no, I have never. Oh, you fucking but I did go fucking... I did go silver virtually overnight. Get the was, fuck out. It was quick. You're... It was quick. You're, I'm looking at your your fucking your fucking avatar right now. It's like shoe polished KD Lang. <laughs> <laughs> that is an old. That is an old avatar. Yeah, that's that's got to be fifteen years old. That avatar. Yeah, um, you've been used that fucker yeah. for a long time. It's like a different yeah. person. It was yeah, basically just very dark brown. But um, I think when my wife got pregnant with our first, I think that's when the silver developed. And I think within six months, I was just all silver. Yeah, it was it was very quick. Same happened with my dad as well. When he got to a certain age, he just all of a sudden just. Psh, but the good thing is, he's still got a full head of hair, and um, I'm pretty sure I'll never go bald. So that, that that's something at least. There you go. For you. There you go. <laughs> Embrace the gray. Yeah. I started going gray in high school. I had uh, the sides started going gray. I was a kind of a wreck. I was a wreck in high school. Mm-hmm. I had like I looked like the. Uh, 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 I look like fucking Doctor Strange. I, the sides of my head were like fucking gray. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then all these people are like, why are you going gray? Aren't you like 15? I'm like, yeah, well, I don't yeah. know. Don't ask me. I get, and where's your olive skin gone? You've changed. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your olive, you get, your olive skin? Now, this one's interesting because we didn't actually talk about it with Mareko. Um, Racer Racks, our good friend Eric, he's the best. He was we, Last week we were talking about induction forges. And I was saying that I didn't think adduction forges were gonna be would be very practical for a lot of applications, just general shit. Um, and R- Eric says, "Yo, adduction forges rule! 
I can do it all. Blacksmithing, blades, no waiting on a forge to heat up, tongs, including drawing out, thermal cycles, forge welding. I forge welds all day, punching holes small. I love it, my dudes. Lots of pattern welding with it, too. Enjoy the show. As always, you motherfuckers, thanks. <laughs> it's nice to have, if you, especially if you don't have a, a coal forge when using, in, uh, when using flux, not wanting to destroy your gas furnace. So he loves he look Eric does a nice job. He's a he's a big student at the CMA. He makes beautiful stuff. He says induction forges you can do it all. Yeah. My bad. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What do you know about induction? Do you ever use induction forge? Uh, actually, when I was at Dragon's Breath, they had an induction forge. Uh, it's great for isolating heat, for sure, um, especially if you're doing some sort of blacksmithing projects. Uh, I used it on my blade making when, um, and it was sketchy because um, when I would do the bedded tang, I would actually, I'd be heating up the tang inside the handle material uh, because that's mm. how the induction forge works. Um, and so, uh, but you had to be very careful, uh, like to, to uh, kind of keep your amps low or your power low and only do it like tap it for a second and just like you just until you can kind of start to smell things basically. Um, oh, wow. Huh. But you kind of just, you, or, or I think after the first couple of times I did it, I would tap it, uh, give it a few taps, and then um, I would start pulling on it if it didn't loosen up yet i'd give it another tap and just kind of test it every once in a while until the handle came off but i actually stopped doing it because <laughs> i think uh what one time i was doing one i and i i was distracted by one of the other guys in the shop and i had the induction forge going i but I, I only had it in there for a couple seconds but i wasn't paying attention to the power and it was a way higher power than i was typically using to uh, to heat up the tang to release the bedded tang situation and i pulled the knife out of the the coils and the fucking handle goes and shoots off because the epoxy had started melting along with the the wax and there was smoke and pressure building up inside oh, wow. and it shot off and the handle material was fucked and i was like okay i think i'll just go back to using a torch and be a little patient and 
wait another 30 seconds um, because that's all it takes to warm it up honestly um but that that is my that's basically the limit of my experience uh, experience with induction forges but i've seen people use them for heat treating stuff for isolating heats uh yeah it's interesting they're cool Mm. but they are fucking expensive and unless you are eric and know how to use it in a hundred different ways it's probably not very I, practical for I think you. they're becoming more more and more affordable because I see a lot of guys having them these sure. days like they're a little bit more easier to get a hold of I okay. think mm-hmm. but I you know I used one when I, with Cliff Cliff brought one to Maker Camp a couple of years ago and I used his and I used actually made a I made a friction folder fork and it was great to isolate a middle area in between the hinge and the fork area. So it was a pretty cool, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Actually, you know what? This reminds me, this is something that, you know, Mareko brought up uh, a couple weeks ago and I thought maybe we, maybe we could bring it up. I also have another out of, I have, I have an out of, uh, understand i don't even know where this listener feedback came from but it would be night maybe we should do that what your original bit was Mareko. i know christmas is past but now everyone's got a little bit of money what would be some things that you would buy if for the knife maker or if you're a knife maker some things in your shop yeah so say you got some shit that you didn't like for christmas and you return it and you got some extra cash now (laughs) but before we do that i have to read this that just caught my eye completely out of context listener feedback i don't know where this came from but i'm reading it uh this one comes from wilder knives of alaska my first job in high school was a janitor uh at a gym Gym locker rooms are far are by far the most disgusting places. I never saw a guy stroking it, but guys would. <laughs> but guys would. He looked. But he looked every night. <laughs> but, but guys would always do the one leg dangle, try to talk oh, to yeah. other guys, or shave and brush their teeth nude with their frags and beads <laughs> settled on the counter. Guys shaving their balls in the hot tub. Unbelievable behavior. People have no shame to do in front of others. Wilder Knives of Alaska. I don't know why this Uh. one came up, but I'm glad you sent it. And I'm glad it took me so long to get to it. (laughs) So there you go. God bless you. God God bless you, Wilder Knives of Alaska. I've got memories as as a kid. You know, going swimming on a Saturday morning, and some of the sights you'd see, you just oh Jesus, put it away. I'll tell you, oh, I'll tell you a funny story. I, my mother was a member of this gym, and it was a very famous gym back in the early '80s. And I'm going to tell this story. And if, if you're a New Yorker, you might remember Mayor Koch, Ed Koch. He was a, he died recently. He was a good mayor. We liked him and stuff like that. I remember going into the locker room. He was in the locker room scrubbing. He was in a towel. His older guy, the mayor of New York, scrubbing his balls with his towel. Like you start trying to start a fire. Or something. <laughs> he's trying to, he's trying to dry him off or something. He's drying off whatever he had between his between his legs. And I went outside and I told my dad, I just saw Mayor Crotch. Because <laughs> his name was Ed Crotch. So we called him Mayor Crotch. <laughs> for the rest of as long as I remember. Oh, I see him. Ed Koch scratching his crotch. You kidding me? It's unbelievable. So, yeah. so what are some Crazy. things that now that our knife-making friends have made all this money and they should be investing in their shop? Some little things, big things. What would you suggest? Mm. Do we want to take turns going around? Go all, ahead. One at a time or all three? Sure. Go ahead. One at a time. Let's do one at a time. I'll kick it off. Okay. 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 Uh, for me... 
one of the things that has been a massive has had a really massive impact on my productivity and and um repeatability in my process and consistency in my process has ha been having a good pair of file guides uh carbide file guides actually to be more specific because um with the carbide faces you can actually butt them up against the belts and the belts aren't going to be uh, cutting the carbide but it will cut the steel clamped inside the carbide and will flatten it out beautifully and it's great for integrals and uh, Bill Banky has come up with a new style uh, in collaboration collaboration with actually with Neil Kamimura I just got a set of them I was actually using them at Maker Camp um, and what's great about these file guides is one uh, you can use them both for integrals um, and non-integral blades but the way that they're designed is they're kind of like an L shape and they're kind of opposing L shape so that way you have carb uh, support on all all sides of the of the bolster integral bolster um, to clean up the various surfaces especially you know where it transitions from the integral bolster down into the tang where you need it to be flat where it, when it eventually butts up to the handle material um, but you can also flip those file guides around and use them for non-integral blades but i think the 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 shining star and the genius in the design is that they're fucking bolted to the body instead of glued because glued on carbide file guides <sighs> just fall apart eventually Pop. yeah i have yeah. an old set that uh were gifted to me i've used them for years but at least twice a year i have to they they come loose i have to clean all the shit off i have to like stop everything i'm doing i had to clean all the shit off prepare them clean them up get them ready to glue up again uh, i gotta do that at least a couple times a year because ultimately as you're grinding and you're using the file grind there's vibration there's heat buildup and that especially the heat weakens the glue over time and that's why the glue ultimately ends up failing but because these file guides are bolted on that is a complete non-issue um, and so I think the design's very good, and I like what these guys have done together. And Bill Banky's a great guy, um, hmm. and very uh, uh, he makes a lot of different cool little jigs, and he's a great guy to support. And um, you know, Neil's okay too. <laughs> I'd say one, two, three blocks. I've got a bunch of them um, on drill presses, on benches, and so on. They're just so so for something so simple. They're so handy. Um, so if you don't know what they are, they're those, they're almost like, like machinists blocks. Um, but they're, they're far cheaper than any sort of machinist stuff because that stuff is crazy. Um, but if you think of a, a rectangle, three inch length, two inch height, one inch width. So you've got three measurements on there, all 90 degree angles. So if you're marking up, you can always use them to mark up against. Um, they've got holes through them. So I use them a lot on drill presses in two ways. So I can use two and use that sort of as a bridge and sort of drill in between. So I need to, if I need to raise something off the off the table of the, of the drill press, or if I want to just use the one, let's say I'm drilling through a handle, um, and um, you can use the holes that are in there. And some of those are threaded as well if you need to do that kind of thing. Some aren't, and you can just use that as a sort of a, a stand to drill on as well. They're just brilliant. They're cheap, have a bunch around. Um, they're always they're always handy to have, and in a Porsche you can even use them as a sanding block as well, and just oh, nice. you know put put your sandpaper around them because you know they're they're super super flat, so they're they're not quite machinist blocks, um, because you will pay a fortune for them, but they're they're accurate enough for what we need to do, three inch, two inch, one inch, they're they're brilliant. Have you I'm seen gonna... the two inch, four inch, six inch blocks? 
No. I, yeah, those are pretty intense. They're they're big, but well, you know they're handy if if you can use them. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they would be actually. Yeah, yeah. What do you got, Jeff? Jeff, what have you got? Number one is a good Kydex press. Mm. The making Kydex presses is for the birds. The yeah. good Kydex presses are only like a hundred bucks, and they're steel. You want to get the ones that are steel, and they're usually inexpensive. It's hundred bucks because the steel ones are the steel ones are good because they don't flex, which will make your gotcha. your your Kydex press a little bit better. And they also have thicker. Uh, a lot of them have thicker replaceable neoprene pads. You want to get the thicker ones, the thicker neoprene pads, and change them every so often because you can actually kind of put per- permanent forms in the in the mm-hmm. in the neoprene. Get the thickest one you can get, and it's you should be able to get a good Kite Express for a hundred bucks at like whatever your your kite your holster supply place has. They usually have them pretty inexpensive. They're fucking. That you, I changed the way I, I had made some with wood. I thought, all right, I'm going to make my own with the hinges. They flex mm. too much and they don't do as nice a job. So the hinges rip out, and yeah, it's they're, like they're, bullshit. They're good. It's like yeah. bullshit. Yeah. So I've, don't you know? Yeah, I've I've seen the ones that have kind of like the adjustable height too. The back, it's the steel ones. Yeah, those are right. pretty slick. Mm-hmm. That's actually, because if you have a bigger, if you have a bigger knife, you want to be right. able to like. But they're pretty. The thicker the, it, they're good. They're yeah. I have that's what I have. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I've been cool. I've been wanting to get in the, into uh, Kydex pressing, I think, but I haven't. I've done zero Kydex sheath making, so mm. I, I might have to lean on you. Well, you guys. go ahead. It's I mean, it's much easier than you think it would be. Okay. I remember the first time I did one, I was like, "Oh wow, that that's pretty cool." Um, yeah, it, it is far easier than you think. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. for me, it's also the safest way to ship a knife, right? Because mm. it looks great. Yeah. You know, inexpensive, inexpensive yeah. and I mean, I roll it into the price because, like, I just want something to, you know, when they open it up, they feel like they got something. It doesn't yeah. have to be like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, I don't spend a whole day on a Kydex sheath. It's not something sure. that, I mean, for me, it's like a nice little thing to add on. That, yeah, the you added know. value. And, th- and that's right. what I, I really struggle with my packaging game. And I think that added value, because right now, like, I ship the knife in a, padded case but like are you gonna drag around a padded case wherever the fuck you go no but if you had a sheath like you guys like you guys or especially you jeff you do for your knives that's a great quick and easy thing to throw on it looks right it fits the knife perfectly and people can walk around feeling very confident that their knife is safe um or, or that it's shipping or moving around safely and i just i've been putting it off for a really long time and i think it's mm. time to make it happen because I've seen recent awesome recently as well. I've seen some amazing sort of Kydex with like not not just coloured but like different textures right. and even patterns on them as well, and some amazing stuff lately. Right. Whereas before you you know a year or two ago you'd literally just pick your colour and you or your thickness and you'd be away. But now I've seen some really crazy designs that that could be. It's a nice, very so. inexpensive entry point. Like, I mean, yeah. because, I mean, you can use, instead of getting, you don't have to have an Arbor Press. Now I have an Arbor Press, Arbor Press just to make it easy. And I would just use, I would use my drill press as the Arbor Press. So you, oh, really? there are ways in which you can, you can, you can, the entrance fee to Kydex making is very inexpensive. And it's. Yeah. I use a drill press and it's, yeah, yeah it, it works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and, and I started doing it with the, the knives for so long. There's a couple of. 
professional uh, knife making companies has started using it. You know of Mareko that these motherfuckers are thieves. You have no idea. And all of a sudden now, <laughs> Guy Fieri, all of a sudden he's got a fucking Kydex sheath on his knife, the fucking guy. Give me a break. But hey, I'm not bitter. Original ideas are hard to come by. I tell you what, motherfuckers, some of you sons of bitches listening to this show are, I mean, are just, just rampant thieves. Ram- I mean, it's like, it's latent. I mean, you can't make it up. You can't make it up, motherfuckers. I mean, to be fair, I'm also not the first person to make a, a, a forged and roll knife out of Damascus. That's <laughs> n- that. That is, I'm not saying everything has to be original. Yeah. But I, well, what I get to, what I get to see is i get guys coming into my dms hitting me up for millions of questions looking at my shit looking at my shit and then making my knives you know mm-hmm. and it's like color lab and k-tip and this and then that and it's like it's a i mean like i said i'm not gonna go in the dms and throw myself around when i can get paid here by throwing a little bit of fucking fritz over the bow you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it's just like yeah the answer is yes it I, i'm not the first one to create this shit but i i gotta end up doing all this extra work because they get ripped off and it's like yeah. and i don't feel i do i feel bad about it no go ahead you rip me off and it makes me have to work harder but it, i'll just bitch mm. that's all yeah jeff you tell us about your grinder <laughs> um and we'll come up with some holiday gifts I, for people i tell you what guys i have the broadbeck ironworks two by 72 grinder and i love it i love it and I have it, and I love it. And I love it, the fact that it goes horizontal. I love that it goes vertical. I love that all the attachments are very user-friendly. I can use it for other... I can use attachments on other grinders, and it's great. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com, put in the promo code KNIFETALK200, you're going to get $200 off some of their sharpening system... Pa- no, no, my bad. You're going to get $200 off the uh, their kit. They have uh, special packages. And then if you put in KNIFETALK100, you're going to get $100 off their sharpening system, their surface grinder and their uh, leather sewing machines. They, they are great knife make, great knife makers making uh, grinders for not only knife makers, but sculptors, woodworkers, everybody. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not, uh, Broadback Ironworks, I didn't mean to blah, 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 Broadback Ironworks, <laughs> but I mean, Broadback Ironworks, they have to make the dynamite grinders, period. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Okay. If you, um, I'm, I've got another gift idea. Um, it's the it's a knife vice. So oh, for yeah. hand sanding, whether you're hand sanding a, a handle or the actual blade, um, and I've got one of the Trojan Horse Forge. Um, I think they call them the Stable Rail Knife uh, Vice. Um, they're amazing. They're they're built like an absolute tank. Um, so I mean, we all have to you know hand sand, unfortunately. Um, so if you're gonna do it, do it comfortably um and you know with with some kit you know it's going to last forever and these things even the case that they come in is going to last forever <laughs> um so yeah so if, if you're looking for something you know if you've got some you've been gifted some money by grandma for christmas um this would probably be a good thing to have so yeah um i, I think they're trojanhorseforge.com um but go and have a look at their knife uh, vice it's it's incredible it really is really is amazing and if you thing. put in full blast in the promo code you get free shipping <laughs> in the united states oh <laughs> well i got to give them the i got to give them the the, the got to give the guys the discount yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's an yeah. awesome vice. Cool. I I never owned a knife vice before. I always just kind of clamp my blades to a piece of two by four, <laughs> and I am so thankful for this thing because when I get because I actually I hand sand uh, or because I sculpt my blades, 
uh, with the handles attached, everything's glued up, like I was talking about earlier. So I've yeah. I can clamp my handle into the Trojan horse vice very, very fucking securely, uh, tighter than anything I've ever been able to accomplish before, and and it really helps with just like just the hand sanding. Like when when there's a lot of extra moving moving parts, you just, you're not getting, you're not working as efficiently as possible, but this thing really locks them down and it makes it happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I love my Trojan horse vice. So I think that's a great one. Um, I will follow that with a radius platen. I, mm. I love my radius platen. Uh, I have a bill banky radius platen. Um, there are others out there. Um, recently I've been playing with a 24 inch radius platen. Um, and I really like it a lot. And, um, I, I've also been, just been playing with like different grinds, uh, and doing a, a hollow, like a, a, sh a large hollow, like you would get from the, either the 36 inch radius or the 28 or sorry, 24 inch radius. Um, you can, it, it's been great for like, if I do like a brute to forge knife or something like that, uh, uh, because, because of that curved surface, it's, it's, I'm less likely to accidentally jam um, what would be the area closer to the spine that I'm trying to preserve that forge texture on. Um, and I can get a good thin grind and then finish with a gentle convex down at the edge. And I'm, it's been pretty cool playing with that grind and it's, it's, uh, it, they're awesome, but they're also phenomenal for making a, a really great S grind. Um, and I've actually started messing with them and using them for some of my, especially my faceted Western handles and how I'm sculpting and just trying to, trying to change the way, like, it, you know, keep, like Jeff was saying, like I, I started doing the Western, uh, or sorry, the faceted Western. And then now a lot of people do the West faceted Western. So how can I make it stand apart? I'll, I try, I put in curves and, and shapes and stuff into it that you can't really accomplish without. Uh, either a lot of skill and practice or like specific tools. And so uh, it's been pretty cool to use that also in my handle sculpting these days. Mm. Cool. Cool. Anything else, Jeff? Any um, Christmas gifts? I have a threefer, and this is all going to work together, and you don't have to be a knife maker for this. I, I hate – I think that Bluetooth is not as effective as it could be. So what I suggest is – getting you can get them online it's called an fm transmitter it's a mini car fm transmitter with hands-free talking it's 1995 again kids Just, <laughs> you, you let me finish you little you, you, i mean for god's sakes let me finish they're cheap <laughs> they're super cheap and they have an audio yeah. jack and what you do is you 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 can transmit to a radio then I want you, that is, they're great and then you can trans you can transmit you can basically play things off of a, ch a radio station. You, and then I want you to get the ear protection with the AM-FM. And I want you to get the battery-powered job site uh, radios. And you can put them all over your shop. So when you're plugging it in, you're pl you put something in, you can put it on your speakers, but you can also put it on your, your AM-FM uh, ear protection. So it's not like one thing. So like if you're grinding and then you take it off, but you want to, you don't want you you want to stop everything. You can still hear it. I have it everything going on this goddamn transmitter, and I can hit through the radio. Other people can have it through the radio, and it's the best. I love it. I, I have this image of you, Jeff, in your workshop. Go ahead. Like the wire 
over the top headphones plugged into yeah. a Walkman, like a neon no. yellow no, Walkman no, they're, they're, that plays the radio on, on skates. And cassette on tapes. skates. Guys, <laughs> guys, you're playing fucking games. I'm saying a fucking uh, listening to Cool and the Gang. <laughs> Don't. What are you? What's wrong with cool in the gang? What are you? What, you, you know. Let's just let's get one thing straight there, Craig. You, you act as though you're act as though you're 24 years old. You're, you're like a couple years younger than me. Just a couple. couple. Yeah. You're right. But I'm telling you, you want you want to listen to stuff. You, <laughs> I'm telling you, you you guys make jokes, but I mean, sometimes what if you you're listening to it on the stereo? You know, maybe you don't want to wear headphones. Then you got to change the Bluetooth over to the or whatever, and that it sucks. All that shit sucks. So you get your fucking over the ear head protection with the AM/FM. Plug everything in, tr- bingo, bango, bongo through the transmitter. I'm telling you, you, it's the fucking best. Jeff, the only man in the world still rocking a Betamax <laughs> video <laughs> player. You're a Betamax, you fucking. <laughs> you're Betamax, you fucking quacko. <laughs> Betamax. Uh, okay, now's a good time to tell everybody about Dharma Steel. DharmaSteel.se. Um, if you want to use stainless Damascus, um, it's the stuff to use. It comes in 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 bars, rods, anything that you need. Um, amazing, amazing patterns. Um, it's just really, really nice stuff. If you want to make something special, use Dharma Steel. If you take a look at Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram, you'll see the kind of stuff people are making with it. Um, they're great people. It's a great, great company making an amazing product. Uh, so go take a look, darmsteel.se. If you sign up for an account and make an order and use Knife Talk at checkout, you'll get 10% off as well. Um, so go take a look. Um, honestly, it's amazing, amazing stuff. They're getting. They're also getting ready to vote on their Knife of the Year. I think they just posted it in the last couple of days. Oh, seven hours ago. Oh, cool. But every month oh, wow. this, this whole year, they've been, they have a Knife of the Month. And now mm. um, they're taking uh, they're taking votes right now to figure out what is the knife of the year. So uh, the op- it looks like the voting's open now. Get in there. We got some. There's some really great stuff in there. Um, so go go throw your throw, throw your vote in the ring or in the hat or whatever you want to fucking call I think it. You should throw your terrible. vote in the ring. That was horrible. <laughs> throw your vote in the ring. In the you hat. started so confidently then. Go oh, whatever the whatever the, whatever the fuck, fuck it's called. <laughs> yeah. I can't think anymore. All right, I got another We're thing dead. for Christmas. My, okay. My third and final thing is a, a quality pair of calipers. Uh, I use my calipers a lot more than I ever would have thought I would use calipers. I use them for all kinds of things, uh, especially when it comes to measuring um, like the thickness of the blade, but also just like scribing things out and and kind of just i can't even think of all the different aspects actually i can't think of anything right now uh but mm. i use them all the fucking time nonstop. um and so getting yourself a good pair of calipers especially digital calipers if you can spend the extra christmas money um get get a pair that have like a carbide uh jaw mm. because you can use that for scribing right, yeah. without it wearing down. I have not been able to bite the bullet yet and get myself a pair of those because I think at the minimum they're like 120 bucks or something like that. But a good pair of calipers is going to go a really long way and be very helpful um, in your knife making. And I, I'm very thankful and I love my – or thankful for mine and I love them very much. I would be and I would be in a tough spot, honestly, if I didn't have them. I use them a lot. Mm. 
I was going to say digital calendars, but I was going to say just shitty ones. Get a few of them. <laughs> sure. Um, because even then, they're a, you know, a tenth of a millimeter they'll be fine for. Um, but in that case, then, I'd say get um, a very similar vein, um, a, a height measurement tool, mm. which is like, like a digital caliber, but it measures from the, from the surface up. And they're great for scribing a sort of halfway line uh, around your cutting edge, so you know where you grind into. Um, very much the same very similar things they just have a base on them instead of using them in the hand um yeah really handy to i have. know i use those calipers craig <laughs> why is why is that check how big how small your dick is <laughs> <laughs> to see how small it yeah that's exactly why i use it chat yeah. how many fucking millimeters that little dong is <laughs> i've got a big chart on the wall and it, it, it measures the weather for the it's day the humidity and the dick size it's getting bigger a little yeah. bit a little bit a little blood flow it's getting bigger <laughs> <laughs> oh, you where are you uh, measuring from this time? From the balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not today. Not today. I'm measuring from somewhere else. <laughs> What's the matter with me, seriously? Only measure on warm days. That's the one rule. Yeah. Only on warm days. Yeah. All right, he's out of the bathtub. Time to time to measure. <laughs> Get the calipers. The real small ones. I don't know why you're obsessed with my dick. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Man. Uh, there we go. There we go. Um, okay, should we go back to a few questions? Sure. We've got. I'm, we've got so many here. Okay, uh, let's have a look. Where, EDC Gearhouse. That's my. Okay. That's our yep. frenzy. Oh, by the way, EDC Gearhouse sent us some coins. I have to get these coins to you guys. One, there are these bronze coins, and one side is engraved knife talk, and the other side it says AO, which is they're great. So, hey, yo. Uh, hey, yo. So, when I, so when I, I'll send you guys, I'll send it out to you guys. Uh, so, many thanks to EDC Gearhouse. That was a very, very funny and thoughtful gift. Uh, he goes, We had a customer ask us, quote, which finish is on your website so that I can order and bring this knife back to stock? We told them what it was. It was a higher grit bead blast. They said something to the effect of, do you have anything a little darker? They proceeded to check out. The knife got modded and shipped back. We quickly received an email saying the knife was too dark and it's not what he asked for. How do you deal with customers who are unhappy with their own choices despite being told the correct ones? It's so hard to leave a customer unhappy even though you really want to sometimes. Hmm. So he asked for something specifically custom. Yep. Guy said, um, you know, I want it darker, the and then they gave it to him darker. When he saw it, he said he didn't like it. Mm. I've had a similar thing happen. I had a customer want uh, a blue dyed handle material, and I scoured the internet and found some options. I sent him pictures. He picked out the block. I showed him progress pictures. I was taking pages out of Jeff's book. I was trying to anticipate you know, their needs. And I, I was sending him progress pictures along the way and he was loving it the whole time. Thing came out beautifully. Uh, it actually ended up being a very cool piece of handle material, sent it to him. He's like, Oh, the, the handle material is a bit, I think he said louder than I thought it would be. Ugh. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck can tell you. I was showing you the whole fucking time. I even sent you final mm. pictures before I mailed it. Oh. <laughs> and he's still complaining. I'm just like, I think it, that guy actually mm. ended up turning around and selling it. I'm 
like, you son of a bitch. I should have just bought it back and sold it for more for somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's a tough spot. And it's like, what do you do? I've been there. Yeah. I do like um, 3D renders of stuff and um, which the customer will sign off on. Um, and they're pretty sort of photorealistic. Um, and a lot of the times they'll say, is this a knife you've already made? It's like, well, no, it's, this isn't actually a real knife. It's just a, just a render. Um, and that can really help to set, sort of set expectations so they know exactly what they get in. Um, but, you know, that can take a bit of time. Um, but, you know, I don't do that much sort of custom stuff like that anymore anyway. Right. But that's got to be a real sort of ball ache when you're going out of your way to make something, you know, different from it. <laughs> and and that's that's the bit that they don't like, you know. That's gotta be now. Cool. I know why you got all them calipers. Three <laughs> <laughs> D rendering that penis. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's what it is all. But come on, man. Let's face it. Let's stop playing yeah. around, Craig. You got to wear three D glasses. <laughs> you well, got to so get the. That's the, you get the, coming at you. Effect, you're getting yeah. the. You're getting the. You're getting the proper the measurements operation. for the old Lockwood <laughs> dick. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, I was going to say it's a younger dick than a faded dick, but anyway, let's not talk about my dick in such disrespectful ways, please. Oh, sorry. I'm so, I apologize to your penis. I'm sorry for disrespecting the penis. This is oh, I'm, I'm mortified. It it sucks. I can't even say that. It sucks. It sucks. I wish. I wish. It's not going to suck itself. <laughs> Uh, well, I can't, well, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Here's the problem. The problem. The problem is, is we're all working. We don't have our own stores that people can walk in and see it themselves. We're now in the world of digital, and you got to trust it. And you know, even you know, you get a. I got a vest from Carhartt. And it was too big. I just didn't. It was like I had to. I got to send it back. Sometimes we just we're not able to go into stores or there aren't stores available where you can see it and hold it and that's just the way it is. So there is this roll of the dice, everything's gonna work out okay. I it sucks. But at the same time it's just like sounds like some of these guys are difficult. I mean I get I would I can't imagine that it was that big of a deal. It was too dark. I mean it was like who says that? I mean that's the thing. I mean it's like the same person who goes to a restaurant. They order off. They don't like the food on the menu. They say, I want this side, but I want this side. I want this side or this side. And then they say, how was it? Yeah, I didn't really like it very much. It's like. <laughs> Your design. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like. Yeah. <clears throat> I personally go. I would. I would. I, it doesn't happen very often. And I don't think you get people like that that often. I would probably just be like, we'll send it back. I'll make you something else. Mm. Fair enough. Um, but, I mean, if you are looking for handle materials of different types, they, they want a slightly darker handle material, for example. You know where you can get loads of that stuff. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, they've got everything for knife makers. Steel, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. Um, they're the Canadian distributor for combat abrasives as well. And they also sell Rhino Wet and Rhino Stick. Everything you'd possibly need. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, they've always got a deal on belts. If you buy 10, you get one free. So basically 10% off your belts as well. So yeah, go take a look. Probably have calipers too. And probably have calipers, yes. Not big enough for me. <laughs> they certainly have calipers there. Boy, he's a crane. 
Oh, geez. Uh, where were we? we got that? nice handmade knives. We're going to go for another question? Yes. yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Right, question time. This could be for the three of you or used as a question for all of us flea bags. By what standard would you consider yourself a successful knife maker? Is it when you can have a sustainable stream of orders? Is it winning the Damasteel Best Bread uh, Knife Award? Is it being able to go full-time, or is it simply being able to make a functional blade? As always, thank you all, and stay sharp. Mm. P.S. Nice hat handmade gave us the best bit of all time, which was uh, what was your weirdest custom order? That was a That was a few hmm. weeks of dynamite material we milked that one yeah yeah um uh, would you consider yourself a successful knife maker um i i think jeff may disagree with me here quite a bit um i think that we all define i think particularly um us and probably the listeners to the show define ourselves by our profession um and I've noticed a big difference coming to France as I, uh, there was in the UK. When you'd meet somebody, you say, hi, you know, you're at a party or whatever. You know, what do you do as if that, that defines them? Um, but here in France, they don't. They, nobody gives a shit about any, what anybody does. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I think, so being a successful knife maker, I wouldn't necessarily say it has to do with the, the, the product. I'd say it would be having it fit in with your life. Um, and being just generally just happy if you if you can make knives for a living and your your life is is happy i'd say you're successful um so there's no gauge on how good those knives are how many you're selling or whatever it may be um if you can make this fit into your lifestyle and be happy i think that's a success i agree why would you think i disagree with that because you enjoy the the toughness and the grind of it, I think, which you, you yeah, I think I think it shapes you, which is fine. Well, I, but yeah. I don't think that I think that your answer was. I think your answer was the perfect answer, but I don't know why you thought that I would think that you got to be working hard. Oh right, okay, okay. I I per, I mean honestly I I I don't see this shop as, I don't see myself as a knife maker as much as I feel like this shop when I walk into it it's more like a metal shop, and I try to mm. stay away from the trappings of these idealistic you know Ford this is the I'm coming to the Smithy I I really try to stay away <laughs> from all that bullshit because it's like. At the end of the day, this is a business, and I really want to make it more of a business, and I, and I think that that is what I'm interested in. In regards to being a knife maker or not, and successful or not, I'm never satisfied. So it's, it's I don't mm. know if, I think that when you get to the point where you're, I mean, look, I'm never satisfied. So I, I, I think I would agree with what Craig says. So you don't feel successful now? As, as a I don't know what successful man, is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I like I said, I feel more successful as a parent. I mean, that's been the one thing that's far more, I mean, this is great and this is fun and, you know, we, you know, it's good. It's not, I don't like high highs and low lows, I like everything right down the middle. And this was the best year we've ever had. And I'm appreciative mm. of it, but it isn't enough. So sure. yeah. I just, you know. I suppose that there's no line in the sand. And when you're over that line, you're then a success. Um, but I, th- I think, I think, I can only speak for myself, but I think maybe for the three of us, we're, we're striving to be better all the time anyway. So 
when does that success come if you know what i mean you know like me i'm always i always want to learn new stuff and and be better at what i do so therefore i'm never really successful in the, in that way but if i just take it take it you know the, the sort of a holistic approach of, of of you know your life and are you happy with with general things i think that's been a success i never sit back and say what a success. I mean, I'm gl- I, I, yeah. I'll tell you what, you want a success Destined is? for downfall. I've, we've yeah. never bounced a check. We've never screwed mm. anybody. We've been paying our taxes. We pay our insurance. We pay our bills, our electric, and we pay our rent on time. Everything's on time. That's a success. I mean, I have, empl- yeah. I have employees, and I haven't screwed any of them. That's a success. Yeah. But I don't really and think, for some people- think about that one. For some people, getting about to bed each morning and just facing the day is a yeah, success. Sure. You know, there's no, there's no, as I said, there's no hard line in the sand. There, it's different for everybody. Right. I mean, obviously, you can measure it in monetary terms with calipers, <laughs> which I do regularly yeah, in high gauges, <laughs> small ones. Um, no, but obviously, like success can be as simple as being, if, especially if you're a single person, being able to provide for yourself and and. Mm take care of your shit and like Jeff said, be able to pay your stuff on time and all that. Um, and, and it, you know, it, with a family, it, it becomes a little bit more complicated, but still being able to do that for your family is a, is a great way to, you know, consider like to view what you're doing as a success. But for, to kind of go back with, to, to what Jeff start, uh, talked about at the beginning of the episode and talking about, um, the the meaning and the purpose of life, and to leave this, uh, uh, to, to leave this place better than you found it, um, and to contribute in a, in a meaningful way. I think for me, I've been kind of, actually from the 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 minute Jeff started reading this question or finished whatever. Anyways, read the question. I'm like, what is success for me? And I realize I think for me it is the the impact that I've had on other people, whether it's through doing this podcast or otherwise. Um, helping to share my process um, and the stuff I know to help make a difference in other people's lives. Because while you can, again, you can measure uh, success in like having a large shop or all the all the money maybe that you might make. Like that's not shit that you really carry with you in it after you're mm. gone, right? What what is left befi- behind is your legacy and the impact you've had on other people's lives and how that inspires them to have a positive impact on others as they continue to go forward and try to make this world a fucking better place than they found it. Right. Look at that for bookend in the show. Fuck me. That was a good one. There you go. Can't get much better than that. There we go. Stick around. There may be an after show. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't wow. find the button. That was the old. That was the old jingle as well, wasn't it? Wait there. I'll, I'll try and find it. There we go. That was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was the perfect way to finish. Yeah, no, we dude, sort of book it, bookended it. It was. Yeah, it was nice. What a great show that was. I'm yeah, sorry. Good, I like good for all. I get good for all three of us. I get back. messages about people liking the dick jokes. So I'm going to lean into it, you know? I mean, I'm telling you, I get messages saying, oh, thank God you do the dick jokes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to lean into it. I was trying to get some muff diving jokes in there, but I mean, I had nothing. Yeah, we, well, we got six months of that, oh, so we're, we're fine. Damn. Oh, you got yeah, it. Po- you should name the show like Calipers or something. Something. Sometimes yeah, you, um, you, we have to have, yeah, something. Yeah, it's always a balance naming right. the show, um, and sometimes they're they're easy, sometimes they're hard. But generally, 
I need to try and tone them down, I think, mm. if anything. Are you, you getting, know? like, messages? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't oh, you know. don't answer your message. That's right. That's right. That's funny. Um, yeah, we'll have calipers in the title yeah. somewhere. Let me make a note. Okay. Okay. Calipers. So what's been going on? What What you listen to? What you read in? What you watch in? What's happening? Uh, right now, you... my wife and I are watching uh, The Last Kingdom on Netflix, which has been entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh, I think right now, uh, Apple Plus has like a deal going. I'm going uh, like for free. Apple Plus for a few months or something like that. So I think we're going to check that okay. out and we're going to watch, we're going to start watching the last season of C, which is a Jason Momoa C, uh, series. Uh, Apple mm. Plus has it. Oh, I think uh, Ted Lasso. I've, we got some Ted Lasso to catch up on. Ah, uh, um, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on Apple Plus right now. So I think we're pumped to go mm. check that stuff out. Cool. Well, I've, I've watched all of them already. The, the Harry and Meghan um, show. Aren't there only two episodes? On... No, they, well, there was three last week, oh, and my. the final three they put on just last night, and I was up all night watching. Not all night, but I was up with the baby, so I watched them I last night. Um, it's good. You just re- uh, you just really feel for them, and I know people don't like us like us talking about the royal family because <laughs> they're checkered history. <laughs> but um, oh. honestly, you really you really feel for them. You just think, ah, oh. yeah, it's 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 a really good watch, and it, it's one of those things where you're like. They can't say that. They can't speak. They can't be doing that. You can. And yeah, it's good. So yeah. don't don't talk about the um, fucking royal family for Christ's sakes. I know. That's what I'm saying. We got we got some listeners who don't don't like oh it. Oh my god. But, hey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's all I've watched really. Um, I said it's just, the house has been upside down here, so it's just been nonstop tidying, cleaning, tidying, cleaning, ready for the next day. But uh, yeah, Jeff, what what are you are you. Do you read much, Jeff? Not as much as I should. I'm, I'm supposed yeah. to write this article for this goddamn magazine. I, I'm like got down the wire on it, but uh, I, mm. I, you know, I haven't been watching anything except for one of my customers is this chef. Her name is Chef Tara Cianella, and she's on season 21 of Hell's Kitchen. And she actually she got one of my knives tattooed. She got one of my knives, and she got them tattooed on her arm. And she's on this mm. Hell's Kitchen with that fucking Gordon Ramsay. And I'm watching it because I'm rooting for her. You know, she's like, you know, that show, man, I swear to God, I'm going to have her on full blast. We're going to talk about it. Every time they cook, any time they cook in that kitchen, it's either lamb, scallops, or chicken. It's like, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? Every fucking, you know, every episode, it's just like, all right, how are the scallops? 10 minutes, hands, you you can be screaming at everybody, and this is raw, this is raw. Boy doesn't, you know, you don't like anything under... Medium rare is fucking guy. Uh, so yeah. so she's dealing with that, and and uh, she's so she's currently on the yeah, show. she's on the show. I, I had no idea. Filmed. She's a she's a right. she's a New York uh, she's a New York chef, and she was uh, she's sending me messages saying oh, we gotta watch Hell's Kitchen. I'm like, let me see what this is going on, and I'm rooting for her now. But it's at the same time, it's just like yeah. that fucking Gordon Ramsay man. What a Dork. I mean, it's like enough. Are you secret, secretly hoping he's going to say, "And what the fuck is that on your arm?" I, I, no, she got the tattoo after <laughs> they filmed it, so her t- the tattoo. Oh, okay. But I tell oh, you what, okay. he. I mean, he is contributing to this toxic, toxic oh, uh, yeah. environment that the restaurant business is. It's and yeah. it's like the screaming and belittling cooks. It's it's so gross, and I'm just hoping that it mm-hmm. goes away because you're you're really it's such a great business. It's such an awesome uh, it's such an awesome career. 
but at the same time as this fucking maniac screaming and cursing at you. It's so gross. It's just... And it's it's surprising that that's still on TV, you know, that he hasn't had, you know, taken a step back thinking, okay, maybe I'm not so irrelevant these days. Yeah. You're crazy. a fucking donkey or, you know, all that shit. Yeah. He just lights these people up. And you can just know, you know it for a fact. And I watch his other show, Kitchen Nightmares, where he's walking in and mm. he's <laughs> screaming yeah. at these fucking people getting them there's always a dead mouse behind he, the fridge always he, yeah he cannot he cannot be on this show without yelling at someone he know he's going to yell yeah. every time they put the camera on him so he has oh, yeah, to yeah. manufacture some yelling you know yeah. and it's like yeah. how do you do that how do you belittle someone on command like that knowing that you're supposed to for the TV show and it's just like it's just the whole thing's gross embarrassing humiliating people who wants it so no. that's what I watch. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> who wants who it? Wants it? I, I don't like it. I mean, it's just so gr- it's just so gross. You well, know, if you want to see the softer yeah. side of Gordon Ramsay, you should check out uh, his Uncharted series. It's on Disney Plus. I think I saw one of them. I think uh, I saw one of them. I okay. like his his boy Gino. You know that Italian guy he runs around with? Yeah, the Gino. Fucking yeah. Gino. <laughs> with a fake Italian accent. Is it fake? Yeah. Gino DeCampo. Well. <laughs> He's 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 lived like in the north of England, like since he was a teenager, you know, and he's now in his forties. But he puts on this whole. Hey, oh, you think hey, he throws hey, it on? That's a, it's a throw. Oh, I'm sure oh, he does. I'm sure he does. But he, he's on a lot of sort of comedy stuff in the UK as well. Um, yeah, he's on like a big daytime TV show, like a like a magazine show in the day as well. And he he completely camps it all up. But it, he is funny. I think he's, he's funny. Yeah, there's yeah. this one part where he's on this cooking show, and they're and they're and they're talking to him, and he'll say something like. He'll say like uh, he'll accidentally say a word that sounds like anus or something like that, and then they all yeah. fucking laugh. Oh yeah, all on. It's purpose. very. Yeah. He's actually very funny. <laughs> One woman said, "Oh, you, you know, if you make it like this, it's like a British carbonara." And he goes, "Go with my then the, maybe my grandmother would if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bike." And they all lose their <laughs> yeah, fucking that's, mind. That's, yeah, I'd like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's this morning he's on, which is like a British like staple. It's been on since I was a kid. You know, it's like a four-hour show every morning, and it's just it's just crap. You know, he's just but uh, he's on that, which is quite funny. Yeah. I I wanted to congratulate you, Craig, because um, your your countrymen did something pretty spectacular through the World Cup. Not the Welsh. Uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 that's it has we, nothing we... to do with the actual playing. Uh, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I saw this the other day, and uh, it, this article says, World Cup fans from the United Kingdom have been praised after police confirmed not a single Brit was arrested at the tournament. And then it continues, both English, England and Wales were hel- heralded for exemplary, quote-unquote, behavior in Qatar, uh, where wow. no Brit nationals have been arrested for the first time ever. Ever. Congratulations so, oh, wow. for doing the right thing. It's great. Well, I'll be honest with you. That is not normally the Welsh. The, the, the English international team, they, they've they've got uh, like a hardcore following, uh, you know, and that, that are into, you know, going to cause mayhem. Uh, but, but Wales is a different country, you know, and we always get sort of thrown in mm-hmm. with that. We're, we're very much not like that. But um, not a bunch of the World Cup. We're not, no. We're, we're, we're gentle-mannered folk. But um, it's the World Cup final tomorrow, and, it, and France are in the final again, um, playing Argentina, and um, allegedly the two best players in the world, you know, pipped up against each other tomorrow. It's going to be a good game, so I'm looking forward to it. I want to ask you guys a question. Who are the greatest soccer, World Cup soccer fans? Who are they? Who are the best? Fans. 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 
I would probably say the South American sort of Brazil, Argentina, all that kind think of so. thing because they 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 get into it. I think it's J- the Japanese because they did all the cleanup. Possibly, up. actually, yeah, you you're right. They Maybe. fucking clean yeah. up after they fucking yeah. have the games over. There was yeah. a whole big yeah. thing like they, they that's right. part of their thing that they clean up yeah. the seats. And ever somebody was saying they were sad that Japan's gone cuz no one's going to clean up the fucking stadium. Yeah. Did I te- did I tell you the story about when I was in Rockfield and these Japanese people came to the studio? No. Did no. I tell you that? Go ahead. Right. So we're there, I'm there, and Nick is the producer, and, you know, he's quite famous in his own right. And they often just get, like, tourists come in and knock in the door saying, you know, could we have a look around? Because, you know, all these great records have been done there. Anyway, these these, these three Japanese people, so I was in there don't with Nick. Do, and so, don't you, you do the, don't you do the voice. Just don't, don't you fucking <laughs> well, do the voice. Actually, this, listen, this is quite funny. So Don't um, do it. He had, Nick had a phone call, and he knew they were coming. So he said to Amanda, who's at the studio, um, well, the owner's daughter basically said, um, "We've got these um, Japanese tourists coming in later. If they come, just give me a ring, and I'll come and get them." Um, Don't you <laughs> anyway, do it? There's a knock on the door. She poked her head around. You went, "Nick, your Chinese friends." Oh are my here. god! <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> and it was like, he said to me later, he said, "I didn't want to correct her because I know exactly what her reply would be. She'd just be like, they 'They're all the same.' <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so it's like god. Proper old I, school. You know proper old school. But anyway, the, these Japanese." tourists they came and they you know complete you know res- really respectful they were and uh, they would just love they've taken photos of everything that was there you know everything they would just love it stroking everything they were loving it but anyway it was, it was two guys and and a girl and um the two guys um presented nick with these um they opened up their bag and they had like, a bunch of cds from their band and t-shirts and all the rest of it and um so they gave these to nick and then they turned to the girl and you could see her face dropped as like fuck i don't have a gift and and i think she's thought that could be quite disrespectful so <laughs> she opened up her case and this is you know this is their travel case you know where they've been traveling around the uk and you could see her fishing through wondering what the hell am i going to give him she pulled out this little red towel from a hotel <laughs> just a red <laughs> towel folded it up and went over to him and like bowed and gave it to him as if this was like like this massive gift and we're all just like this is fucking weird. She she clearly didn't have anything, and she just pulled out the nearest thing from her suitcase, which was which was a red towel nice. stolen from a hotel, oh. and gave it to him. It was just it was just it's bizarre. But I just yeah, I just think they are so respectful, and they they, they really you know they have obviously a lot of customs, um, but they yeah try so hard not to disrespect people, mm. and that, that whole sort of tidying thing. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, why are they? so tidy and i think maybe it's because it's so populated there in, in the cities that you have to be otherwise it would be a nightmare i heard yeah. i heard it when they were interviewing some of the fans they said that we we're raised to you know make sure yeah, it that like it's as cl- responsibility it's as clean as you when yeah. you when you arrive it's as clean if not cleaner than when you arrive yeah yeah leave the world a better place than before I'm so you glad came. you didn't do the accent i swear to god i'm like oh my god here we go <laughs> fucking hell my god we're gonna have fucking angry, angry people, man. Angry people from Japan screaming fucking Lockwoods, giving us trouble. Right. I think you'd find his angry. Anyway, what? that's a you show. Motherfucker, you! What kind of bullshit joke was that? I regret that. I do regret that. I'm a, you I'm motherfucker. Sorry. We were almost in the clear, and you had to do that fucking jewel. 
<laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. We're taking next week off um, for a holiday. As I say, we will be back January the 2nd with the All Beef oh. Review. Get your beefs to us. Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Get those beefs to us. Um, we've got some absolute crackers already. So, yeah, even if you haven't got a beef to send us, make sure you set an alarm for January the 2nd because there's a couple that will... <laughs> That will make that will make you a new year. <laughs> Bye for now. This show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.